Hey parents, let's face it. No one wants to think about or plan for the future. It can feel overwhelming and scary. Plus there are so many other pressing responsibilities consuming our time. But when we do put in the time and effort to plan, we feel more at peace knowing that we're prepared for whatever life throws our way. Enable Special Needs Planning offers a unique approach to planning that focuses on enabling your child to live a happy and fulfilled life today and every day in the future. Let their team show you how creating a plan for your entire family's success can provide you with the peace of mind you've been seeking. For our listeners, Enable is offering a 10% discount off their planning services. Just mention the Lucky Few podcast when you reach out to them. Today's episode is sponsored by Jonas Paul Eyewear, stylish kids' glasses with an impact. Mercedes, I know you know about style and your babies are the coolest. You know it. So tell us how cute these glasses are. Okay, listen, it's so hard to find on-trend glasses for kids and these are the cutest glasses I've seen. Yes, and have you ever used a home try-on kit for glasses? No, but it sounds super fun and I feel like your kids get to play dress up. We have Jonas Paul glasses and this past year, Brooksy, my eight-year-old, needed glasses. So we got a home try-on kit from Jonas Paul. Brooksy loves looking good. He actually legit wore a bow tie all on his own for picture day. Having a kit at home was perfect for him. They sent us seven frames and he had a week to walk around in them and make his own opinion. And it was really nice to not have that quick, we have 10 minutes in a store and there's fluorescent lights and we need to decide feeling. When he picked his frame, we put our order in online and we shipped the box of trial glasses back with the free shipping label provided. Super easy. So you have Jonas Paul glasses at your house and you know what? So does Heather. Yeah, that's right. Mason has them. She's worn Jonas Paul glasses for a couple of years now. We all know that getting glasses to fit on our kids with Down syndrome can be difficult. There's a flatter nose bridge that our kids have and lower set ears, and that can make getting glasses to fit a challenge. Here's the thing about Jonas Paul. Their nose pads are designed specifically for children's noses. They also have these unique adjustable tips that you can bend for a custom fit. So you can make it fit to your child's perfect little face. These glasses are so affordable, half the price of most of the children's glasses out there. Plus, here's the best part, every frame sold prevents childhood blindness in the developing world. It's so great. You know that Jonas Paul now sells glasses for teenagers and our kids are growing up. They're growing up fast and we are gonna need those teenager sizes before we know it. For first time customers, Jonas Paul is offering 15% off. Use the promo code THELUCKYFEW at checkout. Visit their website, jonaspauleyewear.com, to learn more. Hey friends, Heather here, and we have an exciting opportunity for you to join us as we continue this podcast and continue shifting the Down syndrome narrative. We have started a Patreon page, and this is a way for our listeners to support us financially every month so that we can keep the podcast going. We have three different tiers between $10 and $100, so wherever you feel you can give monthly, 
to help us support the podcast and to continue to shout the worth people with Down syndrome as we shift the Down syndrome narrative, you can head over to theluckyfewpodcast.com, sign up for our Patreon page and start giving today. Thank you so much. Hey friends, welcome to episode 68 of the Lucky Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Heather. Mercedes. And Micah. And friends, we are so excited to talk today to Ed Casagrande and Matt McNeil, who are working hard to make Google Voice Assistant more accessible for individuals with Down syndrome. Thank you for joining us, friends, and welcome to the Lucky Few podcast. Okay, friends, ladies, um, we are here today talking about technology and accessibility for people who have Down syndrome. And this is such a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which That's is fun. Um, and how are your kids navigating phones and iPads and all of that? Do you, what's your screen time like with your kids with devices? Yeah, I well, I have felt. Recently, I guess in the last three months, Ace has discovered his deep, deep love for Sesame Street, <laughs> especially Elmo. And uh, as a child who, who verbalizing is his biggest challenge, um, he will talk to Elmo more than any creature on this planet. So I have been upping the amount of Sesame Street he's allowed to watch because I feel like I'm getting to see him talk. And um, so that's been, so I think in the past, I probably would have said he, um, he watches, you know, a show every few days, you know, three or four times a week. And now I'm letting him have Sesame Street every day. Um, and, and then on top of that, he has, he's really good at navigating around my phone. Um, and he uses his AAC device to communicate. So, um, he's using lamp, um, on, on his AAC. So that means he has an iPad that is with him at school and at home to communicate. Um, so, which I see as different than, you know, having screen time, but it's definitely part of his daily life using navigating around the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. What What about about you? Um, so Sunflower loves all things devices, even an Apple watch. If she spots someone have it, she's like right there. Like she's a magnet. I say moth to a flame. Sunflower with devices. Um, so we used to let her have like the iPad and the iPhone to watch her shows, like say if she wanted to watch something different from the boys. Um, but that became kind of like her obsession. Then anytime we were at home, she's like, hey, f- a phone, phone, or show, show. And I didn't really like that, and I didn't think she needed that. So um, the kiddos just get a certain amount of screen time, like usually like one to two hours like while I'm making dinner. So now we just have a de- designated screen time for her. But yeah. she asks me for a show all day long until 
until she, four o'clock. She's very persistent. <laughs> and so I see that in her. And um, it would be a lot easier just to give her a screen, but she would zone out and she wouldn't yeah. be the active girl I know she needs to be. And um, so I, I suffer lovingly <laughs> through getting asked for a show a hundred times per day. She's also homeschooled. So that makes a difference of like, you know, when we're at home, she sees that there's a TV there. You know, she sees screens. So um, I have to be really intentional about not being on my phone around her. And then also making sure that she's getting plenty of time out of the home. So she doesn't like habitually obsess over it. Yeah. 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 What about you, Heather? Because you yeah. guys have some pretty, you have some pretty strong screen time rules, right? Right. So I'm in that generation. I'm 38, everybody, which is very young. So don't try to make very. me seem like I'm not. Oh um, <laughs> I am in that generation where I grew up, like when I did a book report in school, I literally used encyclopedias and went to the library. And then at one point, we're the last family I knew to get AOL dial up on our computer. I was in high oh, we school. We were too, girl. I mean, my, we were also the last family to get a microwave. It's a whole thing. My mom is a hippie, and so it's a whole thing. My mother still is totally anti-debit cards and really feels like it's a problem. <laughs> like, I promise you, it's fine. So then, I mean, add technology to that, bless. But she, um, so then I, I feel like I land more in the anti-screen space, but I recognize that it's not anything that's going away, and therefore it needs to be embraced. So how do we embrace it? So... Right. We have one iPad as a family that we have had for a very, very long time. Um, and it's not even used weekly. And we just got Macy, our oldest daughter, who's 11. We just got her an iPad touch, iPod touch for Christmas so that she can text her friends and she can listen to music. And part of the reason that we were okay getting her that is because she could give a rip about it. I mean, she's like yeah. excited, right. but she's not asking for it every day. Mm -hmm. Whereas our middle daughter, truly, who doesn't have Down syndrome, is obsessed right. with screens. So I'm like, oh, honey, you will be 18 before I give you a phone. Mm -hmm. Like this is <laughs> or you will figure out this obsession in a healthy way. And then August, he's six. Same thing. He he his cousins gave him their old iPod touch and thought it was broken. And we plugged it in and it holds a charge and it works great. <laughs> so all of a sudden we're like, you're six. I have an iPod touch, which I know a lot of six year olds do. But I'm like, not my six year olds. And so he's like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? I'm like, oh, buddy, <laughs> A, you're six. B, you're an Avis. We don't have phones. <laughs> and like, I know a lot of parents with their kids on their phones and I don't judge. I mean, I'm the last person to judge how people parent. I used to before I was a parent, but as a mother, I like you do you. That's our motto. But like my kids aren't allowed to be on my phone. I'm so frustrated when I find out that they've been on it. it we just are, I'm very limited devices however mason is now in fifth grade and bless her little heart she doesn't know how to use an ipad and doesn't want to know how to use an ipad and an ipad would be an incredibly helpful tool or whatever a tablet some kind of a tablet would be an incredibly helpful tool for her in her success in her academic success but she's very resistant to it so i think it's been to our detriment um but how do i mean we're all doing the best we can with what we know totally. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so moving forward yeah. it's like take all the screens like here Mason care about this use this use this and she just doesn't want to right so I don't know but we have an Alexa um in our house and the Alexa's 
use in our in the Avis home, 99% of her use is music. We are very much mm-hmm. musical people. And so the kids each have a dot in their room. And it is a constant, not a battle. It is like a battle with Alexa and Macy and August for her to put the songs on Spotify that they want on Spotify. Um, and so my favorite is they always want to listen to soundtracks. And if you're, you have to be so very specific on yes. the whole title of the soundtrack. So for example, <laughs> Frozen 2, you can't just say, Alexa, play Frozen 2. Cause then they're like playing Frozen by da, 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 like whoever it is. And it's not the movie. You have to say, Alexa, play Frozen, Frozen 2 motion picture soundtrack, something like you have to say the whole thing. And so it's just like, oh, like you hear Mason and her <laughs> Mason's, um, less intelligible than August. And so it's been fun, fun and, um, heart wrenching to watch her navigate Alexa and get what she needs from it because it does sometimes end with her feeling frustrated or sometimes, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not. You ladies can, but tell me (laughs) I'll go on Spotify app on my phone as I hear her asking for it. And I'll turn it on as she asks for it. Like after her 10th time. So that she has some success, even though it's not because mm-hmm. Alexa understood. It's because I put it on. You know what I mean? I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's I awesome, think that's Heather. perfect. Okay, I'll keep doing it. It's affirming <laughs> her. So she's like, oh, finally, oh, Alexa. Try, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the other day, August and Macy were trying to do, they were trying to get Alexa to play Frozen 2. And I recorded this video. They went on for a while and they were so cute together. Like encouraging each other like august would try and alexa wouldn't get it and he'd be like uh then mason would go it's okay i got it i got it i got it and then she'd try and he's like let me try mace it's okay it was very funny and i did a video and posted on instagram and i had dozens of people reach out and say have you heard of project understood have you heard of project understood and send me the link which is our guest today and i had heard of it um but it was fun for them to see mason and august trying so hard totally and they got it alexa finally put on (laughs) frozen 2 soundtrack motion picture motion picture (laughs) (laughs) i got to i got to watch uh macy last month as she tried to and it was exactly that frozen two motion picture soundtrack i remember thinking wow those are some big words mace Mm -hmm. motion picture soundtrack (laughs) so we have we have google home at our house and um ace is because he's not super verbal he has figured out that there's one button on the back of Google Home that mutes the microphone. And his favorite thing is to get up there while music is playing and just hit the button over and over that says, microphone is muted. Microphone is back on. <laughs> microphone is muted. <laughs> and um, it'll, it'll just drive a lot of people crazy in their house. <laughs> um, but we're so excited to talk about... about um, Google Home and Project Understood, and to talk about uh, voice, what, what do we call it? Voice recognition, uh, voice recognition software, yeah. and how um, Project Understood is working with Google to make voice recognition software better able to understand people with Down syndrome. And we're so excited to, to talk to our guests today. Um, Ed Casagrande 
is a senior marketing executive for some of the largest brands in Canada, as well as the vice chair of the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. And we are joined by him and Matt McNeil today. Matt has given his voice to this project and helped the Google offices better understand individuals with Down syndrome. And we are so excited to have them both here. So welcome to the show, Ed Casagrande and Matt McNeil. Thank you for being here. For having us. It's great to be here. Good. Matt, do you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Ed. Thanks so much for being here. So before we jump into the work that you guys are doing for the project Understood, can you introduce yourself? So Matt, we'll start, or Ed, we'll start with you. Ed, if you'll tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you um, got involved in this project. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, uh, my name's Ed Casagrande. I'm actually now the chair of the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. Wow. Which is oh, wow. Very, very exciting. I've, I've been on the the board for, uh, on the, with the Canadian Down Syndrome Society for, just over five years. And, uh, you know, I'm a father of three kids, my son, Peter, who's eight, my daughter, Emma, who's six, um, and my son, Tommy, who is just about to turn four. And my daughter, Emma, uh, has Down syndrome. And, you know, she really was the, the reason why I joined the board, you know, shortly thereafter she, she was born. So it's been a, a great uh, journey up until now for me, uh, you know, working with the Canadian Down syndrome Society and, you know, just the all the opportunities of what we've had to to do over the last number of years, and especially with this our current uh, campaign with uh, with. Awesome, that's amazing. And Matt, can you tell us about yourself? Uh, my name is Matt McNeil. Um, I'm also the chair of Canadian Down Syndrome Tough Advocacy Group. That's oh, cool. awesome. Yeah, um, I'm 30 years old, man. And I'm really excited to be here talking to you guys. Thanks, Matt, yeah. for being here. Yes. We both live in uh, in Ontario, Canada. We're probably about an hour and a half apart. Yeah. Um, so we're just west of Toronto, just to give you some perspective of where okay where we reside. Awesome. How did you two meet? So just through the the work with the Canadian Down Syndrome Society. So as Matt mentioned. He is the chair of an advocacy group called uh, Voices at the Table, or VADA, and it's a group of individuals with Down syndrome who interact with not only, you know, us, the board, the Canadian Down syndrome society, but also within their communities to really, you know, um, uh, spread the, the word, you know, live up to the mission and vision of CDSS and really show by example how one can be a fully contributing person in their community. Cool. Amazing. That's great. So we first, oh, go ahead. Closely, um, you know, we'll get into some of the things we've done, but, uh, you know, got to know Matt really well over the last number of months and uh, consider him a friend. He's a really good guy. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, we first heard about the project that you two have been working on together um, because my husband actually works at Google. And he came home so excited after he had seen the video um, about Project Understood, and he helped us get connected with you guys. So um, would you give us just a general overview of what Project Understood is and how y'all have been working on it together? Okay, I, I can start. So uh, it's, it's basically a partnership between uh, 
the Canadian Down Syndrome Society and Google. And really just the goal is to, you know, collect voice data from uh, adults with Down Syndrome to help improve Google's speech recognition models. And that's, you know, the core of this project. And of course, you know, Google, they obviously have the technology. We have, you know, the community. So working together, it's it's definitely a win-win situation in, in to improve that technology, because as we all know, voice technology isn't going anywhere. It is the wave of the future. And, you know, in one of our um, videos that we put out, you know, by 2023, there's going to be 8 billion voice assistants in the world. So wow, that's more than people. And basically, voice technology is just replacing the keyboard mm-hmm. as, as for you to access a computer or the internet. So it's not going anywhere. And this is just a great opportunity to allow us to be on the forefront. So we're not playing catch up when it does take over. And Matt, how did you get involved with the project? I got involved because of, uh, I'm Ed. Um, also I got involved because I wanted to see the difference for people. And seeing more voices and using this project and the better of the system will be. And what's your role? What do you, what does it look like for you? Yeah, no, so Matt, so Matt, obviously was one of the, uh, the early pioneers in providing a voice to this project. So, you know, we've been lucky over the last number of years to be working with uh, another uh, partner, uh, FCB, large uh, marketing and advertising firm in the world. And, we, you know, they have an office in town that we've been able to uh, work with and have a relationship with. And over the last number of years, we've been uh, putting out an awareness campaign every year uh, on the from November 1st to 7th, that which coincides with Canadian Down Syndrome Week. And we like to, or we've always tried to focus on a particular, you know, opportunity issue facing the Down Syndrome community and obviously, you know, bring some awareness on, around that and to change some perceptions and what have you to the general public. So when we were planning on, you know, talking about what we wanted to do this year, you know, we did speak to our VADA group that's chaired by to Matt to understand what are some of these, you know, what, what should we be focusing on this year when we want to look at this big awareness campaign? And, you know, what kept coming up over and over again was, you know, accessibility, independence. And, you know, I've had many discussions now with people with Down syndrome and, you know, it's very, and I'm sure you know the same thing. It, it's the typical want to need with people with Down syndrome is like anybody else wanting to be independent, wanting to live on your own, have a relationship, work. So a lot of that stuff requires, you know, and sometimes some, some help. And, and we just felt that, you know, technology is a big enabler for, enabler for all of that. So we, we, we kind of found this little area that we wanted to, to focus on. So that's when, you know, through all the, the research, uh, project um, uh, Euphonia from um, from Google came across. And this is a project that they've been ALS community where, you know, they're they're looking at speech patterns with people with ALS to see how, you know, how they can use both voice patterns to to improve voice uh, voice recognition. So we approached Google uh, to say, hey, are you able to you know, like to expand on that on that scope to include uh, people with Down syndrome? And, uh, you know, that was over the summer and we did a small little test um, 
um, I guess, proof of concept to see if, if we can actually impact that technology. And Matt was one of the 10 people who were uh, involved with that little uh, um, test. And, you know, we found by the, uh, by the, the autumn, the, the fall, that, uh, you know, it did make, it, make an impact. And that's when we kind of led the charge to really recruit not only people's voices in Canada, but throughout the world. And we've had great, great response. So Matt's been really, you know, a pioneer from the beginning. You know, we did have an opportunity to go to uh, the Google office in California to, you know, see some of the uh, the uh, the people who are working on this project and have, you know, have more discussions on on uh, you know the voice patterns and, and allowing them to see Matt and looking at his uh, voice patterns. And it's, it's been such a great experience. And you know, at the end of the day, it's just going in. And the I have a question. Um, Matt, what does it look like when you are helping Google figure all this out? Like what kind of exercises do you do? Um, does that make sense, Ed, Matt? Like are you given a script to read and words that you're supposed to say? They do have phrases to repeat. So when they have the the words you have to say, they let me record it, my voice, they can listen to it, they can save it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, basically, basically um, so there's a platform that you would access. Uh, so I guess the way the project works is that, you know, obviously you want to, you, you let us know through projectinteresta.ca that you want to be part of the project. You send through some voice samples and they get analyzed to see, okay, well, these are samples workable. Then we would give you uh, a login to this platform where you go on there and you actually record phrases, as Matt mentioned. Okay. And in fact, you're recording anywhere up to 1,700 phrases. Wow. Do you, know you recall some of the phrases that you were entering in? What were some of the phrases you were saying? Turn on the light mm -hmm. in the bedroom. Turn on the light in the washroom. Mm -hmm. Turn off my music. Um, in my head. Yeah, there's like I, Cardi B. Right. Yeah, I, Cardi B. Is that Cardi B? <laughs> Obviously, Frozen Two. <laughs> and one by one, you record the phrase, and it just gets kept gets added to the database. And wow. It, it's not like you know. It, it took depending on you know who's providing the voices. It can be anywhere between you know a few days to a few weeks. You know, there's mm -hmm. no certain stop and all repeats. Matt, how long did it take you to do the 1,700 phrases? It took me almost two and a half days. Wow, okay. that's good work, Matt. And Matt, did you say each phrase one time, or did you have to repeat some phrases? If I wanted to make it too clearly, then I did it more than three times. Okay. If I liked it right away, then I kept going. Okay. Interesting. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> 1,700 phrases in two and a half days. Yeah. Were you tired, Matt? No, you weren't. I feel like you're kind of getting prepared for um, a career in voice acting. Thank you. <laughs> I, I have a question, Matt. Um, I was wondering about that trip to California. Did you get to go with friends too when you yes, came? Yeah, I went with Ed. You went with Ed. So was it just the two of you, or did you I have other two friends other too? From uh, FCB. Okay. 
And that was, was that when you did all the recording was in California or have you done some of it? I did at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. They asked me to do more in California. So yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Did you get to do anything else fun when you were in California? Everything was fun. (laughs) (laughs) The whole trip was fun. What were you in San Francisco? You were in Northern California, I'm assuming, right? That's where Google is in Northern California. Yeah, we flew into to San Fran there, and then we took a short drive to to Google offices. We were only there for a few days, so it was a, quite a whirlwind mm-hmm. um, experience. We kind of, you know, got in there from a long from a long trip from from Ontario, Canada, and then we spent the full day at Google, and then we, you know, we made it back the next day. So, you know, they were very very accommodating. It was just great to see, you know, this this progressive campus of, 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 of a place in terms of uh, where they work and you know just very very nice people and it was just also a chance you know not only for us to kind of see some of the people we've been talking with over the phone but you know like like Matt said they you know recorded some additional phrases and then we were, we were lucky also to to record some great videos and and, and create some marketing uh, assets that we obviously use on our on our website to, to promote this project so it was a uh, it was a great uh, it's a great place and of course it was warmer weather because we were leaving uh, <laughs> some colder weather <laughs> which is yeah, quite a thing but... to say that san francisco weather is warmer weather because <laughs> in california san francisco <laughs> is known for being cold and foggy <laughs> that's right but it is right. relative um, I'm wondering, Matt, how you feel about if it makes you feel um, proud that you are one of the people who is helping um, helping change voice recognition software, that, that you and other people with Down syndrome will be able to use your phones and other devices and um, Google Home and all of those things, and they're, they're going to understand you so much better. Um, how does it make you feel? I was really proud yeah. that yeah. this is going to happen. That's so cool. So this is a research project. Um, and if you can just clarify for our listeners, I, you, neither of you work for Google. Do you have a, do you have someone with Google who is committed to this project? Like you have your point person. Um, and I guess the other part of the question is going out like Google home is one option for a device. I was talking earlier about Alexa. Is this project hoping to expand further or this project right now is simply a part, not simply uh, it is a partnership with Google. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we don't work for Google <laughs> um, right now. It is a partnership with Google and in particular the, the project euphonia team within within the uh, Google. So um, you know, the scope right now, is Google and you know the scope is all about providing voices to a database in order you know through through machine learning that you know the the technology then is just that much stronger so in terms of expansion like it's 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 this is the future as I mentioned before this isn't going away you know utilizing your voice is the most you know natural way to communicate for most people so you know this is this is the future so whether it's going to turn into and i'm just talking about voice technology in general you know open source technology that you know the, all the co- different companies shares everyone has their own we will get to that point where you know i think all 
platforms will will be using voice technology and it's just a matter of you know will it be accessible to all types of speech patterns mm -hmm. do you have a, a timeline in your mind an ideal timeline to where this is goes from research project to implementation yeah well i guess from from our perspective the project you know our our immediate goal was to get you know a few hundred to participate and we you know we're at 600 now and okay. we're easily going to hit a thousand and you know again this is just such a great campaign that you know listening to you guys speaking at the, at the beginning like you know there are frustrations people understand the frustrations when and even a typical person when you speak into your assistant you're, and you don't under they don't understand you and then they don't, what a great sense of accomplishment when it does understand you so you know it just people get it understand the issue and just understand the potential so you know not only did it um it, it get picked up in canada and just you know went went bonkers in canada you know the states picked it up europe picked it up like you know if if you're an english speaking person you're able to participate in this project mm -hmm. so it's just it's just taken off and we're just we're we're hopeful that you know and that the technology will be impacted sooner than later mm -hmm. i don't want to give a timeline we're not, we're not giving a timeline okay i would say immediate future versus years and years away yeah you guys are part of history yeah, yeah. it is really it's, it's pretty cool it's not like it was just it was just i think everyone recognizes the opportunity and it's just a great example of people just working together uh to to kind of get this thing done so yeah you know, and again, it's just Project Euphonia. They've, you know, they've partnered with ALS prior to us. You know, now we're we're involved, and I'm sure they will open it up to to other uh, uh, groups as well. So, you know, it's just great to be on the forefront yeah. of, of of changing the technology versus playing catch up. Yeah, right. Hmm. Well, I, I just I think for one thing, and, and another great thing is that you know, right now. And listening to, to, to you guys speak at the beginning of the show there in terms of what it's being used for right now, it's, you know, it's for the fun stuff, right? It's for music, it's for TV, it's going to stay the weather. But, you know, as this evolves, and, you know, obviously we've been doing a little bit more research on this, you know, this is going to evolve to where, you know, it's going to be more two-way communication. It's something called vocal biomarkers where, you know, they're going to where that technology is going to recognize that, you know, there's a, there's something off with your voice. Are you sick? Wow. Do you need to call a doctor? Do you need me to send a strep throat uh, kit to your house? Yeah. You know, like there's this, like it, this is, just, we're just at the, at the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, another, you know, a fear of mine, you know, when I think about my daughter and as she gets older is, you know, companionship mm -hmm. and isolation oh. and not that going to substitute humans, but, right. you know, with, communication if that's you know the first point first person or the first interface that my daughter is talking with in the morning how's your day don't forget you have x y and z you gotta go to yes. work mm -hmm. pick you up for work oh you don't sound good yeah. you want me to call the doctor you want me to call your dad your mom like there's just so much potential here so <laughs> beyond the hey google what's on tv tonight which you know my <laughs> kids love to, to use and we we've had to unplug the tv part of it because they were <laughs> They're accessing the TV too much, but um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to really put an uh, impact independence and, and and accessibility when it comes to people with Down syndrome. Yeah, I was thinking even with our daughter Mason, we got her this little device so that she could text her friends, essentially be hanging out with her friends. And right away, I knew 
the actual like finger poking typing isn't something she's doing yet because she's not spelling or writing yet. And then it's like, oh, wait, she can't talk to text because it's not going to understand her. So then we've been doing videos like the only text that she does is she'll send a video and then she'll get videos in return. But it is that uh, that moment of, oh, wait a second, even the talk to text like that tool that should be used for her to gain independence and to create community isn't working for her yet. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Really well, and Matt, like you're Matt, you can speak to this, but you know, you use your phone a lot. Um, Many times. Yeah. What are some of the things you use your your phone for, and how would voice technology make things a bit easier for you? I mostly use it because uh, Brian works so during, and uh, sometimes you just argue with me most of the time. But when I need to be done, it comes on. But yeah, it's frustrating when it happens when it might overhear you and and trying to change the world that you had said once and they would put something else on it instead but so, yeah you're relying on it for appointments and you know communicate yeah, so i have appointment i would say i had appointment and then where's your appointment when i say it it does not pop up what i said mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. yeah and of yeah. course to use it to, to to keep track of uh the the toronto maple leaf scores yeah. that it's <laughs> important as well so i have one last question um and then anything else you guys want to add so we have a really strong down syndrome community listening to this interview listening to the podcast so how can what do you need from us what, what do you need from the down syndrome community how can we show up for this project well we'd want people to visit projectunderstood.ca mm-hmm. and donate your voice uh because the more voices we have, the better the technology will be. Mm-hmm. So really our role in this project or a big part of the, our role is to recruit as many people as we can to take part of this and, you know, be part of this movement, this campaign. We can do that. I have agree? some, I have some friends who are doing it. These kids are awesome. And what would you say, Matt, to, having gone through the experience uh, of, of recording your voice? Was it, although maybe it was a little bit long at times, but how did my you My experience think? was um, helping me teach myself to talk slow. Mm-hmm. Well, we will, we will mm-hmm. definitely put links yeah. in our show mm-hmm. notes to Project Understood. And yeah, we invite all of our listeners out there to um, jump on there, donate your voice, and be part of this. I, I love that everyone is, is is invited, that all our friends with Down syndrome are invited to um, to record themselves and to be part of changing this stuff. Matt, I just love seeing your smile there. I wish that our listeners could see you smiling. <laughs> and we are so grateful mm-hmm. um, for both <laughs> of you, Ed and Matt, for joining us. And it's just been really cool to hear about what you're doing. And we are thankful on behalf of the Down syndrome community for um, the work you're doing and for seeing this need and stepping into it. Um, We will be right back after we hear from our sponsor. Philip Clark founded Enable Special Needs Planning thanks to the positive impact of his younger sister, Sarah, who has Down syndrome. He began his career in the planning industry, but quickly realized the industry standard of special needs planning only focused on preparing families for what happens when the parents can no longer care for their child. 
As a proud older brother, he knew this style of planning wasn't good enough and that his sister and families like his deserved a plan that focused on allowing for a happy and fulfilling life today and every day in the future. Because of Enable's unique approach to planning, the organization now serves families across the country. Their five-step planning system and online planning portal guide families through a comprehensive planning process. The Enable team has taken the guesswork out of planning and made it easy for families to provide their children with every opportunity to live out their full potential. The true benefit of working with Enable is having a team of experts guiding you every step of the way. The Enable planning process will give you peace of mind knowing you're doing everything possible to plan for a great life with your entire family, including your child with special needs. For our listeners, Enable is offering a 10% discount off their planning services. Just mention the Lucky Few podcast when you reach out to them. Today's episode is sponsored by Jonas Paul Eyewear. Stylish kids glasses with an impact. Mercedes, I know you know about style and your babies are the coolest. You know it. So tell us how cute these glasses are. Okay, listen. It's so hard to find on-trend glasses for kids, and these are the cutest glasses I've seen. Yes. And have you ever used a home try-on kit for glasses? No, but it sounds super fun, and I feel like your kids get to play dress-up. We have Jonas Paul glasses, and this past year, Brooksy, my eight-year-old, needed glasses, so we got a home try-on kit from Jonas Paul. Brooksy loves looking good. He actually legit wore a bow tie all on his own for picture day. Having a kit at home was perfect for him. They sent us seven frames and he had a week to walk around in them and make his own opinion. And it was really nice to not have that quick, we have 10 minutes in a store and there's fluorescent lights and we need to decide feeling. When he picked his frame, We put our order in online and we shipped the box of trial glasses back with the free shipping label provided. Super easy. So you have Jonas Paul glasses at your house and you know what? So does Heather. Yeah, that's right. Mason has them. She's worn Jonas Paul glasses for a couple of years now. We all know that getting glasses to fit on our kids with Down syndrome can be difficult. There's a flatter nose bridge that our kids have and lower set ears, and that can make getting glasses to fit a challenge. Here's the thing about Jonas Paul. Their nose pads are designed specifically for children's noses. They also have these unique adjustable tips that you can bend for a custom fit. So you can make it fit to your child's perfect little face. These glasses are so affordable, half the price of most of the children's glasses out there. Plus, here's the best part, every frame sold prevents childhood blindness in the developing world. It's so great. You know that Jonas Paul now sells glasses for teenagers and our kids are growing up. They're growing up fast and we are going to need those teenager sizes before we know it. For first time customers, Jonas Paul is offering 15% off. Use the promo code THELUCKYFEW at checkout. Visit their website, jonaspauleyewear.com, to learn more. Hey friends, Micah here. Now, I know you know it is no small feat to pull this podcast off every week. And we are always looking for support from sponsors. And we've gotten to a point where we would love to include you, our listeners as well. So we're starting something new around here. It's called Patreon. 
And we have some tiers where you could choose to join us by supporting us financially in whatever way makes the most sense for you. So from $10 to $100 a month, you could be part of the Lucky Few podcast and make it happen every week along with us. We have some fun perks. We have some fun opportunities coming for those of you who decide you want to jump on this boat. And we can't wait to share more with you. If you are interested at all, go to our website, theluckyfewpodcast.com, click on Patreon, and check out how you can support us. Continue to be narrative shifters and shouters of worth in this Down Syndrome space. Thanks, friends. All right, friends, if you have a product or a business that wants to help us shout the worth of people with Down syndrome, we also would love to partner with you. And you can email us at hello at the lucky few podcast.com for any sponsorship opportunities. It helps us keep the podcast rolling, friends. So we appreciate that always. Um, thank you so much to our guests today. If, and m- make sure that you check out projectunderstood.ca to learn more, to sign your voice up. Um, and we're just so thankful for the work that our friends here Ed and Matt have been doing in the world and in the Down syndrome community. And as always, a huge thank you to our editor and our producer, Andy Lara, our co-producer, Val Schleter, to our sponsor this week, and to all of you who share the Lucky Few podcast with friends who listen faithfully and have cheered us on. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that you are dear listener supporting your loved one with Down syndrome. You are a shouter of worth and you are a narrative shifter. So keep on keeping on. We are here cheering for you. We will be together next week. We'll see you later. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ed and Matt. Thank you, guys. Bye. Great, great times. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Thanks for listening to Lucky Few Podcasts. Remember to review our show on Apple Podcasts and check us out on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. You can also support the show now via Anchor.fm just by going to the website, scroll down to the bottom, and you can begin your support right now. Lastly, send us your good news by going to theluckyfewpodcast.com and sending us a message via text, voicemail, or email. See you next time.